0: just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to
1: expect it to
0: happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Good to have you. Have you been in a spot in your life where you're like, what, what in the world is going on? Here, Why would, why would God do that or allow that? Or, you know, how does this fit into what I feel like God has told me is what I'm supposed to do? And this, when I try to connect the dots, this one, that one doesn't fit. You know, it it makes the picture not what I thought it would be. I think we all hit that. Yeah, Judy says yes. By the way, if you're watching live, chat is open. Be a part of the conversation. Um, yeah, we all do that. That that, that kind of is the story of life if we're honest about it. Well, we're going to discuss that uh, with someone who is an interesting guy. We were we really, I get the chance to kind of talk to people before uh, the program sometimes, uh, and we were talking nothing about the book because. He's got this whole he's got this whole side of his life that you'll hear a little bit about that is very interesting to me. But I think there's probably some some tie-ins to some of his experiences around the world. The book is called "Connecting the Dots: What God Is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense." It's written by Joel Mom, and he is my guest today. So uh, we'll get into this, and I think hopefully, depending on where you're at, you know, it'll maybe give you some encouragement for the things you don't understand. Uh, maybe give a little perspective shift for uh, what you have gone through in the past, and may prepare you for some things that are coming up in the future. So it'll be it'll be good, good prep time. Joel, great to have you on Life Today Live.
1: Hey, good to be with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, I guess I kind of teased a little bit, but give people a little bit of an idea of what you do with Summit Leaders, because to me that's that. We could talk the whole show about that. We won't. We won't.
1: But it's that cool. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, a few years ago I I discovered I like outdoor adventure and I was climbing a mountain in Russia and uh, I got stuck in a blizzard, long story short. I felt like I got a vision to, God gave me a vision to start taking people on outdoor adventures around the world uh, with a spiritual focus. So I started doing that and it started out as four month backpacking trips around the world. So I would take a group of 10, we'd fly one way to Central America and work our way back to the US by border by by ground uh, and doing mission work along the way. Then we had another one. We flew into China and uh, worked all all our way around China. Went up to Mount Everest base camp in Tibet, and then came back around. And then I got married, and the four month thing didn't fly anymore. So we shortened the trips <laughs> to about seven to ten days. And I started taking guys that I really respected in the leadership space. Uh, that would normally go, you know, speak to an arena of twelve thousand. I'd have them come and to talk to twelve leaders with me. So we hiked the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. We. uh climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. We raft the Grand Canyon. And so that started the outdoor adventure stuff. And then kind of one thing led to another. I started writing books about it. And then I started speaking about the writing books. And so that's kind of the way it's morphed into what it has today. But it all started with the the love for outdoor adventure.
0: I I think if I got stuck on a Russian mountain in a snowstorm, my vision would be stay indoors. Uh, that, that might be the message that I would have taken from that, but uh, no, that's that's really cool. And uh, yeah, if I if I can uh, get the time off and talk to wife and letting me go, uh, Machu Picchu is on my bucket list. So, uh, An amazing place. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Okay, so um, let's talk about the book. Obviously, that's why you're here. Um, but what were what what has happened in your life that made you Even start pondering these types of questions.
1: Well, we had we had an experience a few years back where we felt like God was leading us to take over a ministry in Mexico, and uh, we went down there. And basically, it was the worst experience of my life. And we ended up closing the ministry. It's something I leave off my resume. It's kind of a gap in my resume that whole year. I think we've all got one of those. We're like, you're like, what happened there? Let's not talk about that. (laughs) Uh, The whole thing felt like a setback, and. I, I i tell a joke that there's a there's a guy he walks at his front door and he sees a little snail on the ground and he picks it up and looks at it and then pitches it across the yard and goes on with his day. A year later, that same guy hears a knock on his door, he opens it and there's nobody there. And then he looks down and he sees a little snail, and the snail walks up and goes, What was that all about? <laughs> I felt like i was that snail and the man at the door was god and i, I was trying to obey him the best i could and it was li- literally this disastrous experience we got our house broken into we had our life threatened by uh, a gang leader i ticked off uh there was constant shootouts with uh not between me but between drug dealers oh, yeah. on the beach uh got on, you know corrupt cops it was the worst experience if i I wish I could say thousands came to Christ, but I'm not sure anybody came to Christ during mm-hmm. the experience. It was a very challenging time and then a year later they closed down the ministry and we left, took off didn't even know where to go next we had we were missionaries without a mission and it was a very awkward experience and I, I for years i I looked at that as a failure mm-hmm. but as life's kind of making its turn here, I'm seeing, oh my goodness, that was probably one of the deepest, most foundational moments in my walk with God in terms of preparation for the future. But you don't see that when you're in the middle of it. So Soren Kierkegaard said, life is lived forward, but it can only be understood looking backward. And I'm convinced that as we look back, you'll see that everything that's happened to you has been God preparing you for your greatest days. So
0: here's the here's the big question. I think the people asking. I mean, in the end it kind of did not matter but i think we're always curious did god like ordain that season of failure because in in one sense in the very human sense it would be considered a failure because it didn't work out so was that god ordained because he had other things he was wanting to do or is that god taking all things and even the bad things and failures yeah. and working them together for good right
1: you've just asked a question that people that are way smarter than me have have been able to figure out so <laughs> I'm concluded this, you know, whether, God, whether your theology says God caused it, whether your theology says God allowed it, whether your theology says God had nothing to do with it, there is the promise exactly what you said. We know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. So I believe that no matter, you know, whatever your theological framework is, he ultimately is going to accomplish it for his purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's his story or your history but it's his story of work in your life. And that's, that's why somebody said, how can you make such an audacious claim as what God is doing when life doesn't make sense? How would you even know? I'm like, well, he says what he's doing. He's working all things together for the good of those who love him for his purposes. That's how we can be confident in the middle of the struggle.
0: Yeah. And he tells us that, that his goal is to conform us to the image of Christ. Well, what does that, what does that mean? Make us look more like Christ. Um, what, what did you learn during that season that has stuck with you all these years?
1: In well, a po- in I, I a think, positive way, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think the first thing I learned is I, I had. It's funny, my last book was about anger. Learned a lot about that anger that I had in in Mexico. I was a very angry missionary. I was just perpetually frustrated, and I think that needed to come to the surface. That I've got some deep stuff within me that needs to be dealt with. Mm. And it's funny because I ended up writing a book about anger and fear. And we had a lot of anger and fear. Fear and anger always connected. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things I learned. I also learned on a practical level, we got down there. And this this place we worked was right on the ocean. If you ever lived right on the ocean, man, that air just rots everything. So I got down there and this place was just falling apart. And I was having to fix everything. And I called the missionary that had been there before. I said, how do you, who do I hire to fix this? He laughed. He's like, nobody's going to come out there. You've got to fix it. I was like, oh, I don't know how to fix stuff. Well, I had to learn in a hurry. I mean, water pumps, we had coconuts breaking our our roof. Uh, I had to learn how to do all sorts of stuff that I never thought I would do. And now here, 10 years later, I started, I just recently built a retreat center out here in Kerrville, Texas. And I would have never had the knowledge or the, I don't know if it was courage or stupidity or faith or what, but I would have never had that. If I had not built that confidence that I can fix this stuff, the people that fix this stuff aren't any smarter than me. They've just learned. Mm -hmm. So I take the time, you watch some YouTube videos, you get some advice, you learn, and you build it out. And that was a gift to me on a very practical level. I'm not intimidated by fixing things or building things anymore. You know, I have been
0: in that exact situation because when you have four kids in five and a half years and your salary's barely covering the basics, you, you replace your own water heaters, you know, when yeah, you, a, yeah. a light socket goes out, you you rewire it, you know, uh, plumbing. I mean, I've done that all. And it's an interesting parallel because part of that learning process is failure, is learning what mm-hmm. not to do. And when you don't look at it, is oh, well, that didn't work, therefore I can't. You go, okay, now I know what not to do. It actually, now I'm to the point where... I could afford to hire somebody to do some
1: things that I, I'm like, I know how to do that. Why would I,
0: why would I hire someone else to do that?
1: Yeah. It's kind of fulfilling too, especially if you're in, if you're in ministry, it's sometimes it's hard to, to, to tell if anything's being accomplished, (laughs) but man, when you fix a hot water heater or a water heater, that thing's fixed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fixed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, there is something fulfilling about that. Um,
0: the, um, the, the, the part about, um, Learning in the mistakes. Uh, that that is a that's a hard one to learn. I think mm-hmm. um, when you're talking to other leaders, especially with you know, the retreat you, you mentioned down there in Kerrville, near Kerrville, um, is that a thing that comes up a lot with people, p- pastors who have made mistakes because everybody has, or maybe their church split
1: or failed or whatever. Is, is this a recurring theme that tends to bog people down? Here's what I find more. So I have a master's degree in counseling and, and counseling people, here's what I've found more. More often than not, the people who failed, uh, th- that's not their biggest, that's not the big problem. W- m- most people's problem is their fear of stepping out for fear of failure. Uh. Because when you failed and you survive, you realize eh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. But I think the fear is usually worse than actually, if you were to, again, quote, fail, I'm convinced it was just training and preparation, But so many people hesitate to step out because they say, well, what if I look foolish? I'm like, well, look at me. I've been a fool. I'm a fool on a daily basis trying stuff I should have no business doing. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be doing it, but I do it. And it's that willingness to look foolish, to be a learner, a perpetual learner that I think that's honestly, it's kind of pride, holds some people back from really what God could be doing in their life. He says, look, anytime you start, you're going to be a beginner, you're going to start foolish. Don't despise those days of small beginnings, but you'll learn and you'll grow from it. And I, I find more than the the failure holding, like limiting people, some people have failed and it held them back, but most people what holds them back is just the fear of failure.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. So does, does just pointing that out, does that, Give people the courage to do it, or is
1: it a little more of a process? No. No, no. (laughs) One of the things about fear is it just doesn't go away. It's uh you just have to face it in small doses. I mean, that's 101 in counseling, is the thing you fear, it loses its power over you as you kind of inoculate yourself against it. You take the live thing little by little, and you'll probably never become fearless. If you are, there's probably a, a screw loose in your head. Uh but because there are some value to fear. Fear can keep you out of trouble, but when it keeps you from moving forward into all God has for you, that's the problem right there. Yeah. And uh, the only way you'll conquer it is just facing the thing you fear in small doses, knowing that really it's you know it says there's no fear in love, First John, but perfect love drives out fear. Recognizing that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities and things present to, to come nor height nor depth or any other created thing is going to separate you from the love of God. If you step out, even if you. Seemingly fail, he's gonna be there, right there with you. Yeah, boy,
0: that's good. All right, what we are trying to do right now is connect the dots, which is uh, the name of the book by Joel. Mom, connecting the dots. By the way, there's a study on U version for many of Joel's books, uh, including this one. So if you have the U version app, which is I think by far the best Bible app out there, if you don't have it, just get it for the Bible. Uh, but they also got great studies, uh, and so you could go search for Joel there. Uh, and you can, you can walk through some of these things, especially he's, by the way, he's got several and several different topics. Uh, and so just good, good, good content, good exercises. And as you can hear, this is someone who has dealt with a lot of things and worked through a lot of things, got professional level of, you know, counseling on a lot of things and is working with uh, a lot of other leaders. I'm curious on the leader thing because... We've seen a lot of failure, uh, and it, this is nothing new. I mean, I can go all, as far back as I can remember, especially with my dad being in the position he's in, when pastors and even some well-known preachers failed, a lot of them ended up at our house, <laughs> you know, mm. <laughs> because where do they go? They don't have a place to go a lot of times. What
1: kind
0: of, What kind of issues do you think are facing the church from a leadership standpoint right now?
1: Well, I mean, the last two years have been brutal uh, for everybody. Uh, But you know, as a pastor, you people in ministry couldn't win. When uh, if you if you called your church back too early, you were going to get pushed back. If you didn't open your church, you were going to get pushed back. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just it was kind of a no-win situation. There's a verse in Proverbs. It's actually one of my favorites. My wife thinks it's insane that I like this verse, but it says, "If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small." And uh, she's like, "That's not very encouraging." I'm like, "Actually, it is. If you're still standing, you're way stronger than you thought you were." Mm-hmm. And I think the shaking in Hebrews it talks about how God will shake things to show what is unshakable. I think the shaking we've just experienced has caused a lot of people. It's brought a lot of things to the surface that uh, maybe we've been ignoring, and the shaking brought it to the surface. And and unfortunately, some people it and it caused them to go to some make some really poor choices because they'd been avoiding some stuff because life was just so busy. And we did see a lot of moral failure, unfortunately. Uh, the thing about it is when that stuff comes out, I really believe that God is in the process. He's, he's going to stop at nothing to make you into who he wants you to be. He's just determined. He sees all you can be and he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And I just think that this shaking, it jolted a lot of us and some of us, we didn't respond well to it. Let's be honest. Uh, But the fact that it's out there now, I think that's a blessing. Hmm. Uh, I had a guy the other day who wrote me this crazy, angry, drunken text at like two in the morning. And uh, the next morning I call him like, what in the world? He's like, bro, I'm so sorry. I I just, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, well, he's like, I'm so embarrassed. I said, look, that was dumb, but it's all out there now. You put it all out there. Now let's deal with it rather than it being pushed down and something we're ignoring and it causing weird, strange behaviors, it's out there. Let's just deal with it. And I think that is the blessing of COVID. It brought so much stuff to the surface The heat got turned up and now we can deal with the the impurities and, and it's, God's always working in every situation, even the really rough ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And and, and Joel, I'm really sorry for sending that at 2 a.m. You didn't have to bring it up <laughs> on the show. Just, no, no. This guy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was not me. Um, cause I would be completely sober at 2 a.m. and still awake. That's
1: me. I'd be. I was asleep. I slept <laughs> at 9:30. Man, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. So
0: um, here, here's a question because I think a lot of of the whether it's COVID or whether it's just looking at our lives when we the older we get, we get a little more advantage sometimes because of time. Uh, but understanding what God's doing and has done and, and will continue to do in our lives. To me, it's it's a lot about perspective uh, mm-hmm. and getting out of our own perspective because we can only. I mean, we it's like we live with blinders. That's just the nature of the egocentric, a term you would understand in psychology. Um, nature of humanity. Yeah. How? But I think God gives us an out on that by adjusting our perspective to get closer to His, which is very helpful. How how big is a perspective shift in your mind? in connecting these dots in our lives and and looking even at the failures.
1: Well, that's the word you use perspective. My two life missions are to help people find wisdom and perspective. Mm. I describe it this way. Wisdom is, let's stop unnecessary suffering. Mm. There's just some stuff we do that causes pain because we're not walking in line with God's commands and his order. And then there's necessary suffering. And so you find meaning in necessary suffering. So you stop unnecessary suffering, find meaning in necessary suffering. And I believe that's what perspective brings. I really believe the only way God shifts our perspective is through an experience of either great love or great suffering. And great suffering is simply being out of control. And I mean, there's a verse in Acts that I wish wasn't there. But it says, Paul went around encouraging the believers, saying, Through much suffering we enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> yeah, like, well, not too encouraging, right? <laughs> great. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. I wish he said, Through many donuts we enter the <laughs> kingdom of God. But through much suffering we enter the kingdom of God. So there's this element of, I mean, that's where how Paul can say something as ridiculous-sounding as we rejoice in our suffering, for we know that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Suffering and those challenges are what God uses to, to really push us out, and I believe it wakes us up to a new perspective, because there's just nothing like pain to kind of either go inward or you go outward, like looking up, going, God, what's the deal here, or some people go inward. But I, I believe the goal is to look up to God and Him say, "I want to show you some perspective on what's going on." That was my goal with the whole book. I wanted to show people that in the challenges, it's it's part of the process. There's about nine stages in every season of life that you can pretty much count on in every season, and one of those is what we call the adventure. Or as G.K. Chesterton he said, uh, "An adventure is only an inconvenience rightly considered," and <laughs> most of the time, what well, you know, it's not an adventure till something goes wrong. And we all say we love adventure, but we want it on our terms. And I I think when God brings those challenges into our life, we can see it either as an adventure or just, oh, woe is me. And when you say, woe is me, that victim mindset, it actually shuts your brain down psychologically into victim mindset and you you begin looking for kind of protection. But if you see it as an adventure, your mind goes into learning mode and you go, what do I need to learn here? And I think that's the goal with it is going to that, I mean, it literally chemically shifts your brain into learning mode. So if we can have that perspective shift, like, okay, clearly there's something for me to learn here, whether God brought it, whether it happened, I don't know. But here we are in the middle of it. Why isn't the best question in the middle of pain? How am I going to respond is the best question. And so that, that's that's my goal with the book, to just show you that there's this, there's a pretty consistent pattern the challenges we face in every season, and what's what's a way you can respond where you get the most out of it and keep things in the bigger perspective?
0: Yeah, that is so good, and that is so true. I, you know, actually, years ago, I interviewed a couple who had, had lost uh, their child at, at Sandy Hook, actually, uh, in mm. a school shooting, and and I, you know, I'm asking, you know, why? God, why were innocent children and you know, the, just horrible evil like that? You just it just it's, it can be paralyzing, right? And what they said to me was, we we never, we'll, we never don't think we'll ever have an answer to the why, mm-hmm. but the healing began for us when we quit asking why and we asked God what now. And I thought, boy, that is true in all the whys, but I think it's okay. I think God's good with us bringing the, even the why to mm-hmm. him. Uh, and if we don't get an answer, at least the relationship is closer, which enables us to go on. I mean, you, you good you good with asking God all the hard questions?
1: Oh, I, I don't think, you, I think some of us are scared to ask God the hard questions. We feel like we need to maybe defend him a little bit or not ask him, but I tell people all the time, He's he's okay with you yelling at him. Mm-hmm. You can even throw things at him. <laughs> I think the relationship is, again, it's the wrestling with God. When you see where Jacob got his truest identity, was when he wrestled with God and then, and then God said, what's your name? He said, Jacob he said, no, your name now is Israel. Let me show you who you really are now that you've kind of let go of your illusions. Now I can show you the reality of who I am wrestling with God. There's nothing wrong with it.
0: No, I actually, I think it's good. I think it's healthy. Um... As long as you remember who's God and who's not, right? That right. Kind of a Job thing, right?
1: He's good at humbling you that way, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and that's and that's okay. It's, it's good. And mm-hmm. again, like you say, the relationship. God wants us close more than he wants us right in the sense of understanding everything, you know. So uh, very good. All right. Uh, I want to show people real quickly your website. This is joelmom.com. Uh, and... For the URL, you don't actually have to have the umlaut over the E. That's for pronunciation. So you type it just like that, joelmama.com. Uh, you can see adventurous things. You can see blogs and free resources. Uh, and, of course, you can uh, pick up the latest book, Connecting the Dots, as well as all the other good ones. Uh, I want to give you the last word. I like to do that with my guests. Um, appreciate you being here and your your insight and uh, the fun, sharing the fun parts. Uh, what, what would you want people to kind of walk away with if they got one thought
1: that they could remember from today's conversation i I think it's this uh, god is always at work in your life but most of the time you can't see it or understand it so you just keep moving forward in faith trusting he's guiding you and when you look back i believe one day you're going to go oh that's what that was all about Mm -hmm. um and it, it may be when you're standing before the throne of god uh, all indications, you know, you hear people say, I'm going to ask God a few questions when I get up there. All indications are when we stand before the throne of God, we drop to our knees to put our face on the ground and say, true and just were your judgments. Mm. So I would encourage you, don't like Paul says, we don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, which is beyond all comparison. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal keep your eyes fixed on the eternal as best as you can and one of these days you're gonna say true and just were your judgments
0: yeah and you know I I, I, I understand that, that being that close to God makes a lot of the questions just go away it's like they don't matter or maybe we'll have a better understanding but I think there's a truth in that the closer we get to God even on this side of heaven in this mm-hmm. life that those questions start to either not really matter or they're answered maybe, or they go away. So, I mean, I, I, the hope that we have, yes, it'll be to an intensity that we can't even fathom, but there's also a lot of room between now and then where we can draw closer to him and he, he will
1: carry us through whatever situation we're in. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's that's I, I tell people in the book, I say some of it won't be explained until the end, but some of it I think we can get perspective on right now. Right. And you'll begin to see he's already prepared you for your greatest days ahead. Everything you've gone through has prepared you for what's ahead. Yep.
0: Yep. And so you can you can start connecting to the dots right now and you can start today. Uh, you can pick up connecting the dots wherever you get books. Did not it, it come out this week? Is this one that came out this yesterday? Week? Yesterday. Yesterday. So yeah. you go get it now. Uh, and, and Joel, I appreciate you. Be sure to check out his website and the U-version uh, Bible studies, all good material to encourage you, uh, to help you grow and learn. And uh, if you want to go on a big adventure, you're a leader, you can check out his website. There it is, joelmom.com. I appreciate you being here. If you haven't liked, follow, followed, or subscribed, depending on where you're watching. Please do that and check us out on Rumble. I am uploading all these to Rumble as well as a lot of the podcasting sites. So if you just want the audio, you don't have to look at my face. You can hear the great encouragement day to day. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.